It's time for the Recruitment Marketing Rebelcast. This is the show for all you recruitment marketing rebels out there who are done with posting, prey, and recruitment funnels. Are you ready to bring real change to talent acquisition? Come for the voice of the candidate and stay for the snark. It's time for real talk from the front lines of the talent revolution with your hosts, Alin Bailey and Tracy Parsons. Hello, I'm good. I'm good. I'm battling a little chest cold, but all is well. All is well. Good. Good, good, good. Energy level's high now that I get to talk to you. I know. I feel so much better. I feel like we haven't had a chance to talk in, this is like, we're almost two weeks. I know. I think I was having withdrawals last week. I know. I was, I was the whole time I was gone last week. I was thinking Tracy needs to hear this. She'd be, she'd be just, (laughs) she'd have something to say. (laughs) <laughs> I had lots of moments where I thought she'd have something to say. So we haven't chatted. You went off to HR Tech. Yes. And then the following week-ish or so, I went off to um, Unleashed, right? Yes. Um, yes. And we saw some stuff and did some stuff. So before we, like, dive in to talking um, interesting, engaging information about um, what's the value of a CRM, I, I like love this to topic know. a lot. Yeah, I know. I'm kind of interested in this. What was your big, um, what did you see in HR Tech that made you go, ah, that's new? Anything? Oh, um, you know what? There was not a lot that made me say, ah, that's new. Um, there were there was some really good research uh, by the ADP Research Institute um, that ah. they put out that I thought that was really good. Um, and I'm still pretty deep in the nine lies about work. Um, so, you know, there wasn't anything new, but all I, I just kept marveling the whole time that, man, there's a lot of chat bots. <laughs> Aren't there? Oh, dear Lord. Okay. So this was my, I, so that's so interesting. So I, I'm, I'm a huge, by the way, I should start by saying I am a huge proponent of um, the concept of virtual assistants and the ability of chatbots when done correctly to be really great opportunities for us to automate um, and, and to actually drive engagement levels in some very interesting ways. 100%. I love these tools. And I think that there are a lot of places that we could use them. Right. I don't think people know what no. they're doing with them. I mean, uh, honestly, yes. I and I think half the people who have built them don't understand what they're doing with them. So that's like another piece. And then there's like these like little kind of chatbots, but now they're just making them bot things that are uh-huh. happening too. Have you seen, seen this Tenge thing? Yeah, I'm not a fan. First of all, it kind of freaks me out. Like the look of yeah. it, right? Yeah. And it doesn't it glow or something? Yeah, it glows. But here's yeah, the no. concept. Okay, so here's the concepts behind this thing. Right. Yeah. So the concept behind this thing is you buy this several thousand dollars. Right. You buy this actual plastic uh, robot head because that's all it mm-hmm. is, is a robot head that kind of glows with its face. And then you invite people to come in to interview for you and they have to come to you. Right. So this isn't virtual. They come to you and you put them in front of the robot head. And the robot head interviews you, and it's supposed to be this very unbiased, you know, interviewing approach. Depends so, on how it was programmed, but okay. Okay, yeah, right. 
let's let's assume all best intent it was programmed exceptionally well okay cool from my usage model perspective honestly people how stupid is this what, well i what i can't think being, of anything yeah what human being is going to drive to a site right <laughs> now remember if you're in an enterprise like I am, you have to have one of these at every site you're going to interview at sure. right? in order to, because you're not going to be able to do it just for some roles and not like, there's a lot of complication around how that would work. Okay? Oh, and you wouldn't need just one. Right. So you'd have to have multiple of them. Um, it's not even virtual. So it's not like, it's not like you're doing it online, right? Like I can imagine, like I can imagine a strategy where somebody uses an avatar to drive an online um, interview. I, sure. I, I could see that, right? Absolutely. No, no, no. I have to go go to the site and look at this thing in, in person um, and do that. But here's the best part of this. So I'm watching um, uh, I'm, I'm watching Tenge and um, okay, this is going to get a bit snarky, everyone. So just, you know, bear with me. I realize. Lay it down. Lay it down. People in glass houses shouldn't, shouldn't throw stones um, around the thing. But I'm watching the the CEO of the Tanke thing kind of walk around with his robot and kind of pull it out every once in a while and show it to people out in the site. And and then I'm starting to talk to people about this, like, has anybody used it? Has anybody ever bought one? What are people thinking about it? Nobody. Nobody. And then I find out it's actually only in beta, right? Oh. She's actually not selling the thing yet. It's just like in beta. It's like she just and then I then I started to think about it and I'm watching it walk around. And this is the only thing I could think of the whole time. Thanos. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, this is the blood vial thing of the recruitment industry. Oh my God. Oh my God. Because they're all, everybody's like drooling over it. Like, oh, look at the robot. It's so awesome. And I'm like, really? Who's really going to buy the robot? Who's really going to use the robot? And by the way, it doesn't look like the robot actually, like nobody's actually can use it today. Like it's still like not a thing. It's like everybody's jumping on it and it's still like not a thing you can do. Well, so can I just back up two seconds? Yeah. Whether it's done or not, the premise that I, as a candidate, am coming to your place of employment to interview for a job and you set me in front of a robot tells me everything I need to know about you as an employer. (laughs) Right. I so if that's if that's your angle and that's yeah. the that's the route you want to take, that we don't care enough about your time as a candidate to actually talk to you person to person, then, yeah, that's all I need to know about you. Right. Go, because, go buy all the 10 days you need. OK, so, yeah, because no, imagine being the candidate in this situation. Right. So somebody mm-hmm. has to walk you into the room with the robot. Right. And then they yeah. leave. Right. Or does the person stay with the robot? Like, how does that work? I don't know. So the person leaves. Right. What are you thinking as a candidate? I can tell you what I'm thinking. I've watched way too many like crime dramas and I'm thinking, oh, my God, they're behind some wall watching me with this robot. Oh, not only that, I'm thinking Battlestar Galactica. This thing's going to come to life and kill me. I mean, it is Halloween, right? So if we're if we're going to take that angle, this is this is the angle I'm taking on Tenge today. Oh, exactly. That, that thing's going to come to life and kill me, like the like the Cylons. 
So, and uh, yes, yeah. I just I just let my nerd flag fly. That's who I am. Okay, I'm, I'm um, right there with you. Yeah, exactly. It just it's just odd, and it doesn't have hair. That's like the other right. thing that bothers me. Yeah, it's like if you're gonna make the anyway. So I know people love it, and I am by no means going to. I I I don't want to discount the fact that I am sure there's a huge amount of research that's been done. And I am sure that um, the CEO Tanky is a lovely and sweet person, and and all best intentions. This is being, you know, I'm I'm definitely not being polite as I say this. I'm just saying, I'm thinking before anybody goes off and does some major investment in this, they should probably kind of check out the larger picture here. That's my yeah. And, and again, it goes back to all the things that we say, right? No matter what you do as a TA organization. And if you're a recruitment marketer or work an employer brand, if you're not thinking about the audience perception first right. and what your target audience is going to think and feel and do with whatever tactic, tactic or strategy you put in place, you are doing it wrong. Right, right. You're missing the whole point. The whole point, right? Yeah. And so maybe this 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 uh, robot totally works for you. Or maybe you're planning to do it in tandem to having Tenge listen along in an interview to eliminate bias. Absolutely. There could be a thousand use cases that don't, but, but what I think we're trying to say is, holy smokes, <laughs> kind of groundbreaking, think it through. Just think it through. Just, you know, don't get all, I mean, just everybody just take a deep breath and yes. think through what you're actually doing. Otherwise, you are going to be this plot for an office reboot episode right and that's not what you want to be no or no maybe, maybe do maybe that's your branding strategy i don't know oh maybe maybe okay so that was the one thing so the second thing i was thinking about while i was in unleashed um and it was based on some conversations i was having with random people and and just kind of looking at what was out there in the marketplace um particularly around recruitment marketing technologies and i started to have this thought, this nickeling thought in the back of my head that I want to pose to you for our conversation today and see what you think about it. Okay. I'm starting to wonder whether in our current state with where technology is going and with the capabilities that exist with um, uh, machine learning and the algorithms that are starting to come into place, the automations that we're starting to leverage. Chatbots are a great example, right? Or virtual mm -hmm. assistants are a great example in this yeah. Um What is the actual value anymore of a database that I go and access um, to manage my recruitment marketing or a CRM, right? What is, um, so, so play with me here for a second. So I'm seeing this in um, in my own uh, adoption challenges when we look at kind of the adoptions of CRMs. And if we look at what sales organizations outside of recruitment marketing have been dealing with um, for decades as they put in contact relationship management tools, right? One of the biggest challenges has always been you can put a great tool into place. You can even have... Um, the ability for it to capture and to have great insight into it, but it's always reliant on the salesperson or the recruiter or the recruitment marketer to actually go into the system and look at the information on that contact record, to access it and leverage it, to use it to make good decisions, right? 
And time and time again, from an adoption perspective, this has been this ongoing challenge with systems like this, because it's not human nature. I, I guess we're just discovering this, right? I mean, yeah, it is not human nature um, to take a pause, um, to go in and do our homework before we start running in and trying to do 50 things at once and get on the phone and start talking to candidates and um, and then doing all the data entry to put information inside the system and figuring out which field to align it to and et cetera. So I'm starting to wonder if this idea of having this CRM-based database where I have to go in and um, look at information, um, go find the fields and insert information during my conversation and dialogue, whether that starts to get replaced with a database that actually lives in the back end, but a different type of interface um, for me as a user, as a recruiter or a source or a recruitment marketer to be able to access and input information. Something uh, maybe akin to leveraging like these virtual assistants or chatbots to be this interface um, for the user experience between this framework. Something where I can go, hey, um, tell me the top five candidates that, you know, hey, Siri, tell me the top five candidates I need to be calling today who are most active, right? It's a much more user-friendly framework for how workflows happen. Then I'm going to go in and look inside the system, run a search. And then and filter. Then go, and then filter. Okay? And then filter again. And then filter again, right? And then go, oh, yeah, now here's the five people who are interesting. And now let me go open up each of their contact records and read the last five conversations that they have before it preps me like are we starting to enter a phase where this sort of um interface is starting to get can get replaced with things like some of these you know automated chatbots or these virtual assistants or ways in which we can access and engage with this information in a more user-friendly mm -hmm. way that's all I'm uh short answer absolutely <laughs> So I think one of the you're hitting on a lot of you're hitting on a lot of hot topics right there. So one of them is adoption, right? And a lot of them, um, a lot of the CRMs just they struggle with adoption because most of our users are trained to work in the ATS. And even if they're trained to work in the ATS, they aren't because their model is don't pay attention to anybody that's ever happened in the past. Right. I need more. Um it's so Give funny. Me more, please. Give me more. Just dump more names in, dump more names in. But is that a symptom of the lack of usability of all these systems, right? So if there were a way for these systems to be consistently serving up in an easy way, the top 10 or top five people that they should be paying attention to in that hour, um, then boy, I bet they'd use it. Right. right. Because I don't think everybody really wants to just go and search for new all the time. I mean, it's yes, it's what we know how to do. And yes, it's what we're really comfortable with. Um, but we all know deep down that it's not what's making us most efficient. But then there's all the there's all the communication pieces within the CRM that aren't used um, well, ever. It, it, this is this is actually my point. They're, they're not used. And I think right. one of the reasons that they're not used and, and I'm just it, I'm riffing here. I mean, I could be wrong, right? I, yeah. I haven't done a deep uh, research into this yet, but I've been thinking about it. And by all means, it. internet, tell us if we're wrong. Right. But I think one of the reasons that they're not used mm -hmm. is that uh, they may exist there, but there is a, okay, in order to take the pause to decide to go and leverage these communication tools 
to go and communicate with somebody, right? There's really two mechanisms by which the CRM is going to allow you to do that. First is on-demand communication, right? So uh, various different systems will allow me to go out and push an email or, or um, push a text message or do those sorts of things, right? But remember, I have to go into the CRM system to do that, whereas I already have all these other workflow systems like my own email and my own phone, right, that I'm texting off of. So I have to kind of purposefully think, oh, no, no, I want to do it through the CRM, so I'm capturing it. The second way that these CRMs allow us to use these communication mechanisms are um, by developing workflows, right? A series of if-then statements, which mm-hmm. I am a huge proponent and fan on. I think that they are the foundation of where we're going from an automation perspective and the ability yes. to actually build, right? But the problem is to take the time to figure out what the appropriate if-then frameworks are that you need to build um, and then to construct them and then um, execute them and then review them and change them and shift them when they aren't working is a lot more complex than I think we give um, give the whole thing credit for, right? I think, it's, I think it is a harder process than just sitting down um, and saying, let me go set up my workflows. I mean, you actually Oh my have God, to- yes. And I think that in today's world, as I'm starting to kind of get a sense for where things are going, I think that some of these algorithms that are out there that can start to be able to determine when people are engaging with our different content um, that can tell us and give us really, there, there are there are tools out there that can actually give us engagement scores now, which is like very mm-hmm. exciting for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but because it's tracking and seeing this information, it can start to automate and create these workflows without a human being having to do it, right? Without a human being having to think through what are the consequences if I push this communication versus that communication. This is an example for me of where the machines are going to be smarter than us very quickly um, and much more capable of doing it. So why am I setting up a system um, and, and spending all this time and energy trying to train a team of people to go through and become a machine to understand how to build the if then statements if, at the end of the day, in 18, 24 months, they're not going to have to do that. Right. I, I, th- right. I, think, I think there's a lot of shift going on in this area. And it's going to be interesting because one of the things, again, we, we opened by talking about Tangay. Now we're talking about CRMs. And to be really honest, CRMs have been around in recruiting for seven to 10 years. Right? They've, right. they've existed for a really long time. And... Now, just now, people are starting to get on board with this. Believe it or not, just now is when people are starting to, I I have to put that in my budget for next year, for next year. So I was telling somebody the other day that I was like, I think that, unfortunately, the TA space has the worst version of shiny object syndrome I've ever had. And it goes something like this. I want to look at the new shiny thing. Look how shiny that is, Tenge. It's very shiny. I like it very much. How cool is that? Let me see a demo. Boy, I really like that. Are you going to budget for it? No, I'm not going to budget for it. I just don't see the use case. I can't sell it to leadership, but boy, I think it's shiny. Five years ago, five years from now, when nobody has bought that same thing again, they're going to tell me, oh, that's yesterday's news. That's right. That's exactly. That is but exactly- we've never tried it. Like, that's the thing that makes me insane. So in one respect, Alin, I think that 100 percent, there are 
so many ways that you can not have a CRM and do just fine in TA and recruitment marketing and employer brand. I think that there are a lot of smart systems that are coming into play. I think there are a lot of smart ways to better use our applicant tracking systems to generate leads and communicate with people. I think that there are a lot of ways to bypass that being chatbots. Like there are ways that we don't have to have a CRM anymore. The fact of the matter is not enough people bought a CRM to start with to use it to see if it would actually work. Okay, well, fair enough. Fair enough. But then the question becomes, right, if you're advising somebody at this point and, and they're saying, okay, well, I finally woke up and now I got to get into the game. Yeah. Um, my challenge to them is, is that, yeah, but don't get into the game with yesterday's news. Right. I mean, you, you yes. have to, you, you have to, you have to take a deep breath and go, not what, not what was every, or what did I think I needed five years ago? Mm -hmm. What do I need five years from now? There was a, um, oh, and I'm not going to get his name right. So I never do. I'll put it in the, in the show notes. Um, well, it goes, it goes back to what the, what the, we fail to make decisions around and not everybody. I'm just making a broad sweeping generalization. A lot, there's a lot of shiny object syndrome. I think we can all agree. Um, but we have to start thinking about the problem that we're trying to solve. Right. And do people understand the problem they're trying to solve? Right. I and mean, is that really the problem? <laughs> is that really your problem? Exactly. Exactly. Right. I had a, um, um, so, you know, we've been, uh, I, I've been playing in this space um, for a while around. Um, in fact, that's how we first started to, how we first connected with this idea of um, how do you nurture and how do you engage people um, for the lifetime of their career? And then how do you be able um, to understand how to collect the right information, have the right give and take in your engagement? And how do you build these if-then structures, right? We, that's where we started these conversations yes. um, years ago. I would tell you, you know, I, what was that? That was like four years ago, right? Four yeah. years down the road, um, I don't feel as though um, we've made any, and I, and I say we mean the universal we, yeah, um, have made any dramatic traction on being able to do this um, more effectively or more efficiently, or even to be able to do it with more accuracy to know if it's any if we're if we're actually making any impact or if it's actually working. And I think part of the challenge is, is that we're so stuck on the mechanics of how to do it um, that we've forgotten the, to ask the question, why? What are we trying to accomplish? Um, and how do we put together a set of solutions or a scenario that allows us to get to what we're, what was actually is a value to us? We're, we're so focused on the how and the process and the structure that we've forgotten the intent and the purpose and the why. And, and the further we get away from it, the harder it is for us to be able um, to turn off that shiny object syndrome, which is smarter, faster things that allow me to do it slicker right but what if mm -hmm. i don't need to do that anymore like what if what if my problem statement is changing what if i know let me put this out there what if consumer and candidate behavior is changed over the last five years and what if what what my why statement was or what i needed to do five years ago to nurture and to engage people is now starting to shift and needs to change for the future am i prepared to do that if i'm still going out there and looking for tools that are um, old, outdated, and um, are based off of yesterday's problem statements. Well, yeah. One, I mean, that's, I hate to give you the, well, yeah, there, but there's a lot in there to, to think through, right? So 
how do, if we're getting farther and farther away from the problem statement, how do we stop? Right. How do we stop? How do we I start? don't know. How do we start to have a conversation that's not about the technology, but in actually this isn't maybe so this is a good, this is helping me put some sense around this as well. But how do we find a way to take a pause um, and instead of working on the solution, start working on the on on the root cause, like what is it that we're actually trying? What's the what is it that we need to do? You know what? It's going back to so funny that I'm the one who's saying this. I probably should have come up with this a, a while ago. It's kind of my job. Um, we need to go back to understand the the customer and the user and what, what we actually are trying to, um, what they actually need. What are they looking for? Go backwards um, and start from there, I think, and start to reframe our problem statements. And maybe we'll find there's the exact same problem statements that they haven't changed. Right. I, you have to go back to them. I don't think you can do it once and set no. it and forget it. Right? It's not that thing. <laughs> Nothing about this thing that we do is a set it and forget it. It's funny. Uh, one of my favorite Tim Sackett quotes is technology makes you faster at recruiting, but if you suck at recruiting, technology will only make you suck faster. I know. It's awesome because it's true. It's the same thing, right? So let's figure out how to not suck at recruiting and, and recruitment marketing right. so that we don't suck faster. Right. Right. Because there's two things I'll tell you. There's two things that I that I'm seeing in the technology space today. So the first thing I'm seeing is um, and, and this is this is to all of you vendors who have not updated your user interface since 1982. Oh, God. Okay. I know. Oh, so, yes. So the first thing I'm seeing is uh, what I would call kind of the old school vendor set who are just plugging along at the pace of a snail. Uh -huh. And um, are, you know, just continuing down their same path and, and plug, 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 plug. Um, and they've got a user base who who is sapping it up because they just I don't know why they don't know any better or they're just so old school. They can't get out of their their heads and, and think differently about what's out there, what they're trying to accomplish. And then the uh -huh. second thing I've got out there is a set of vendors who are all just copying each other. Um, yeah, to create that to create a different version or a slicker version of the same thing. But mm -hmm. none of them, I, I've got to tell you, it is my pet peeve again and again and again. None of them have clarity around what actual users need. They are not answering the question, which is what are we trying to accomplish? How does this help accomplish it? And how am I moving this forward? Now, there's a few out there. I'm, I'm not going to. Um, you know, for all the ones that I just, you know, bashed, I think there's some really interesting stuff happening out there. Um, I'll put a call out there for candidate ID. I think it's doing some interesting things with understanding pipeline um, management stuff, which is different um, from what we're seeing with some other vendors. I think that there is some interesting, intriguing stuff happening out there in the virtual assistant space, which we just talked about. Yeah. But again, everybody's packaging it around old use cases. Correct. Or at least it feels like that. I mean, it really feels like I just I, I don't feel like the conversation is changing enough. Like I was talking to somebody yesterday and we'd worked together 12 years ago because when we had worked together, my kid was one or two. And um, we were having the same conversation that we're having right now, Lynn. Right. How are we still having the same conversation? 
how are we still having the conversation that your that your experience and your process should revolve around the people that you really want to attract and retain? And I think it's interesting that over the last five years, we've added and retain. Yeah, yeah sure, right. That's that's the that's the that's the um, that's the advance. That's oh. the wrinkle. The wrinkle <laughs> is, oh crap. We should probably think about keeping them too. Oh yeah, exactly. Let's think about how that operates and works. So, exactly. So part of me wonders, like, why am I doing this still? Uh, <laughs> I know. Oh, now, now, now this is turning into a Debbie Downer conversation. But there sort of, but it is it is nightmarishly Halloween. So maybe we're just going, you know, maybe we're in we're in a doom cycle. I I don't think. But here's what I'm saying. I don't think it's a doom cycle. What I'm saying is, I think that if we all take a pause. And I am not telling people not to look at the technology that's out there and to get excited about it and to understand it. What I'm suggesting is take half a beat, look at it for a second, and then go back to the drawing board and look at what you're actually trying to accomplish and challenge yourself with some big questions. Yeah. Questions that say things like, I'm posing out there, do I need a CRM? I mean, the fact that I'm saying that aloud, I know people that I work with right now who are probably falling off their chairs and like, oh, my yes. God, all the years that I spent trying to to get one into into our systems. Right. Yeah, I'm not I'm not saying I don't have the same needs. I'm saying, is there another way to approach these problem statements now? Right. Um, because are the, are the problem statements different? Are the problems has my customer um, advanced have has technology advanced to allow me to solve the problem in a new and different way that is that is more aligned to what my user is actually going to do, right? Um, there are just options out there, and I think we all have to take a, take a step, take a beat, sit back, look at what we're actually trying to accomplish, and then say, what would it take to do that versus what's available to me um, yes. off the shelf that looks all shiny and pretty? Well, that's a really good statement. Like, don't look at what you're, look at what you need to solve holistically versus what's available to me. Because a lot of times we're not looking at what's available to us more broadly. And I've, I've got a new customer kickoff next week that I'm so excited about because nothing makes me happier than talking to a new customer and trying to understand and help them understand what their actual problem statements are. Right. And if you're getting to the point where you need to talk to somebody like me, you yep. probably have some problems and <laughs> you know, you have them and you know, you, and you know that there's a solution out there, but you also probably know that you're a little too close to it. Right. And nothing like I will probably, if we, if we recorded the podcast next week after that kickoff, um, I will be bouncing off the walls because that is the sort of thing that that lights me up from the inside. Like that, the simple acknowledgement of what the problem statement actually is. Right. And the commitment to do something about that. Like it's that secret of life moment. You have to decide. And right. once you decide, then everything falls into place. Right. Yeah. So, so that's the beauty of all of this. And let's be honest, technology is advancing at such a fast rate and don't, and I'm going to tell this to everybody. And I think I told it to Alin, you guys, there are technologies outside the HR tech space that you could probably use in your HR tech stack. It does not have to be an HR tech solution. 
It could be a MarTech solution. It could be a consumer tech solution. Look, look at your problem. What is the problem you're trying to solve? And then look at the universe of options. That's right. Don't get so, you know, and you're absolutely right. It was so funny. Um, And it's surprising. You even have to say it to me. I live 90% of my day job is about going out and understanding what's available out there in the marketplace. And, and, and thinking about what would I do with it and why would I deal with it and what are my root causes and what am I trying to do in this space? It took one simple conversation with you a couple of weeks ago to look at me and go, <laughs> have you looked outside the HR tech community? And I was like, oh, shit, yeah. There's like a whole other universe out there. And I think we, we all need to just, like I said, take a beat. Take a beat. Ask the big questions. Don't get sucked up. Don't get sucked up into um the the pretty demo pitch right yeah Um, it was interesting I think part of what drove um this realization for me is as I was watching um the conversations that were happening um last week and I I I brought um somebody from my team with me who hadn't been out um going to these demos before right um had not seen a lot of this stuff before we had a lot of conversations about it so she wasn't unaware right but it wasn't this is what wasn't what she did for a day job. Um, and so I actually watched her experience um, that vendor floor, right? It's been a long right. time since I watched somebody do that. And what I watched was um, one, uh, somebody get really excited, right? At first, yep. and then get confused by why things looked slightly different. And then I also noticed um, get very, somebody who is brilliant, by the way, one of the best strategists I know um, got immediately sucked up into the conversation and lost complete ability to ask the questions of the vendor she was sitting there talking to um, that were based on root cause problems, right? Immediately got sucked up into the sales pitch because that's the way it's designed to operate, right? Um, right. And, it, and it, was a, it was an aha moment for me. And I realized that as I watched that, um, if we're going to provide successful guidance to our teams and think about options and capabilities out there, um, a few of us have to take a, take a, a beat back and start asking some um, provocative hard questions that say, but why and for what purpose and what does it do for me and what could I do differently? If I wanted to do something else, what would it look like? Um, and push yeah. these conversations. And maybe the answer is, Yes, you need a CRM. Yes, you need these things. You need to operate it just this way. And that is still the the right solution. But maybe it's not. And if it's not, are we asking the question? Yeah. And and what's what's fascinating to me is that do you have any idea? Of course you do. How hard it is to stop what you're doing and reexamine it? Oh, God, yeah. Because it's not it's not just a beat like like I love that you're like, just take a beat. Girl, you know it's a solid two days <laughs> of sitting there oh, and pondering what the hell's wrong. Oh, oh, minimum. Oh, minimum. Oh, my God. Absolutely minimum. And forget just taking the beat myself or taking those two days just to have that conversation myself. Mm. For those of us who have been in this space for a while, I'm imagining many of them who are listening to this are sitting there going, listen, I just spent, just like I did, right? I just spent the last five years, putting blood, sweat, and tears into getting the technology stack that I have today already. I mean, the amount of people I had to convince, yes. right, to jump yes. off this ship, with, to jump off this bridge with me, and now I am 
um, telling them we constantly have to keep iterating and perhaps changing that stack over and over and over again. I the I created the I created the momentum that is going to kill me when I say we need to have a we need to have a conversation. Let's talk about what it is we're trying to do because they have now bought into the storyline that I had to build in order to get where I'm going so much that I now have to convince them that that they can they can have a different story. Um, it's like we created our own monster that's going to eat us up. Right, but here's what's interesting because I'm guessing that the story that you created was about transformation and change. Right, that 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 the story is not based on this tool. The story is based on kicking the competition's ass to getting the talent that we need to be successful to drive the business uh, forward. Uh, yes and no, right? Okay. It depends. It depends on who you're telling the story to. I mean, that's when you're trying to when you're when you're working in a large enterprise and trying to get a technology in the door. The yeah. work you have to do to build the business case around why that one piece of technology is going to change the universe. Mm. um is huge right um yeah i mean i have slide decks that exist with my name all over the place that talk about the fact that the stupidest people in the world are the ones who don't have crms (laughs) so you know that that could come back to bite me in the ass yeah right but it's it's also bold to say that you know what we tried this. It could be wrong. There could be a better way. And this is what this is the success that we achieved off this. I think we can do even better moving forward. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe. Again, right. not, to, not to freak out everybody. I'm not saying that's what we need to do. I'm just saying we should ask the question. Right. Well, I had a I had a really uh incredible exchange uh on LinkedIn this week with Andrew Gadomsky. And if you don't know Andrew Gadomsky, go look him up. He is the data guru in the world. So earlier this week, I posted on LinkedIn and I maybe last week on Twitter that AppCast has some amazing um, data out that that was distilled by Tim Sackett. And it shows that there's a significant increase in applicant volume on Monday. Yep. So I, of course, said, well, then we need to post our jobs on Monday. This is just going to the power of admitting that you were wrong. So Andrew comments and says, hey, uh, maybe not. Um, Longstanding fact that Monday is the applicant rise. But if you post on Monday, the aggregators and SEO won't pick it up for at least 48 hours. Ah. So rule of thumb is to post Wednesday a.m. at the latest Friday p.m. Ah. So that it aggregates by Monday. And I went back and edited that post. I was like, hey, um, now I'm wrong. Post your jobs on Wednesday. Andrew pointed this out. Read the comment below. So what I want everybody out there to hear is that when you're wrong and you've got a critical thinker in your midst who points it out, it's okay to be wrong. Nothing wrong with being wrong. That's right. That goes to the same conversation that we've been having. Hey, if you've made the case to invest in the CRM, and you might think there's a better way to accomplish the thing that you're trying to accomplish. Um, it's not that you were necessarily wrong, but you now see a better way. You That's have right. more data. You have more information. You have more critical thinking to Listen. point out the direction that you should probably take moving forward to get the results you all want. Uh, absolutely. Listen, if politicians can evolve, 
We too. Can Wait, I what? Politicians, politicians have evolved. evolved. I'm terrified. No, 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 no. Politicians oh, okay. have sure. But how many times have they gone out and like they said, "Oh, well, when I voted for this over here, oh yeah, my uh, my thinking, I have yeah, no, no, they don't flip flop. They evolve their thinking. Right, exactly. But right. then we make that a bad thing. Right. So yeah, it's not a bad thing. We can. It's evolve. a good thing. We as human beings can learn new things and evolve. It's very exciting. Okay. How about that. Okay, so so happy this, Halloween. I know, happy Halloween. Thank you for um, bearing with me as I talked out loud with all of our friends out there and um, uh, in in the eco. I don't even know what we're in the in the world out there. I talked through my um, angst around um, technology. So thank you for the conversation. It's all good, girl. I love having conversations with you, <sighs> and uh, yeah. you made my cold feel a little bit better. I love that. Awesome. All right. Well, great. We will talk again next week. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, Al. Bye now. Bye. Well, thank you all once again for listening in this week. Um, This was a lost episode. We thought we had um, lost the recording on this one, so I'm glad that I was able to find it. I think the conversation around what's happening in the CRM space and what are our options when we start thinking about meeting our real users in needs um, is a good conversation for us all to be asking. I like the idea that we're starting to ask bigger questions than just um, what's the new and shiny thing out in the marketplace today. So we hope you enjoyed this. If you have comments or thoughts, I'm sure some of you may. I realize some of the things we said today may feel a little controversial. You can reach out to us at our Rebelcast on Twitter, or you can also reach out directly to me at at Alyn Bailey or Miss Tracy at T Parsons. Have a great week, everybody. And remember, ask the big questions. Don't just rely on the marketing spin and try and figure out what are you really trying to accomplish out there. Have a great week. Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary, yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? 
that through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.